here, bud. We get to see these boys lay it all out on the field this weekend. That we do, Jay. That we do. It's just me, you, Chloe, and one small security guard. And one small but fierce security guard. Indeed, indeed. You're going to have to uh, maybe help me out with that drive. Am I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to... You know, break it right now. There's breaking news, bud. You know, we're gonna have a trend of this uh, this episode with breaking news, and uh, that's the first piece right there. Is you're gonna be helping out with the uh, old drive. How far of a drive is that? Was it like three, three and a half, four hours? Somewhere around Somewhere there. Around probably there. closer to the four. But I mean, I drive like a maniac, so we'll, I'll probably get us there fast. It depends on you know how you can close. I'm more of like a smooth sailor type of person, just, Jay. Just throw on some classical music, just get in your zone, do about 45 and at 85. <sighs> you know, I don't want to overspeed or anything, yeah. but I Ten like and to two, at bud. least say it's 60. 10 and 2. 10 and 2 the Keep whole way, safe. man. Hey, you'll be thanking me when we get there, that's for sure. All right, well, welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. We are coming to you with a very exciting episode but before we get into that, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at InterMiamiPodcast.com. Send us an old reliable email to Jay and Alex at InterMiami.com and check out that website. Guess what? It's InterMiamiPodcast.com. God, Jay. You know what, dude? You make it really simple for everyone out there, man. I can appreciate that. And as Jay said, go ahead and follow us on the social medias if you don't already, like always. Uh, go ahead and click that subscribe button on your favorite podcast channel. Doesn't matter. We're live on all nine of the major major podcast channels out there. So go ahead and do so. And love to hear your feedback. Please go ahead and write us a review here and share amongst your friends here. We're a few weeks away from this season's kickoff. So saw another tremendous spike in listenership here this last week, which is really exciting to see. That reminds me. Shout out. To India. We now have listeners in India. Worldwide, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. India, welcome to the show. Jay and I have an action-packed pod here. I think it's the best one yet. We have some exciting updates to share. We have some 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 stadium updates. We're here talking about Game 1 exhibition against Philadelphia Union. And we have a guest pod joining us from the Northeast by the name of the Hooligans. Hooligans. Oh, they might as well be hooligans. Yeah, you see, you see that that wordplay right there. I saw what you did there, Jay. It's Nothing nice. gets by you, it's dude. Nice. But first and foremost, because we, I think we are just so excited about this, and in in we're gonna just, we're gonna get through this just because we were talking about it on the intro. But yes, the 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 first open scrimmage against the Philadelphia Union is this Saturday at 4 p.m. at Al Lang Stadium in St. Petersburg. Myself and Alex will be there with a mini squad. Got some stickers we're gonna be passing out. We got some yes. loud yelling we're gonna do. Yes. We're gonna be ripping off our shirts probably. Maybe not, <laughs> but we will have stickers. So everybody who has hit us up on the IG, please come by. Just it's simple. It's simple. Just send us a DM. We'll be there. We promise we will be there. Uh, we should probably be there around two two o'clock or so to kick it off. Right. So if you're out there, shoot us a DM. Love to connect with you. And let's get this thing on and going. I know everybody else out there is anxious to see the team out on the pitch. Yeah, indeed. And they had the first closed-door scrimmage against the Charleston Battery. We won't really speak too much on that. I know there's a listener question about that. We'll answer that at the end. But uh, outside of that, with the most breaking news, something we've been talking about for two weeks, 
But it looks like we just got the official thumbs up approval. It happened. It's finalized. Inter-Miami has secured Rodolfo Pizarro from Monterey with one of our designated player spots. And what was it, a $12 million transfer fee? Right now, the numbers are still trickulating in here. It is estimated at $12 million of a transfer fee. I know that I think the original kind of estimate was around $19 million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, around wh- $20. Which would, be high, which would be hard to buy high and sell higher. So I'm glad that that number is at least a little bit lower than the 19 Probably, Actually, it's not even a little bit. It's a lot of it. Well, I think originally they quoted around like $10 million to us and then went up to 20 million so i'm sure there was some sort of negotiation we had mentioned in the previous episodes that personal terms were agreed upon between inter miami and rodolfo himself and we were just working on the release clause it seems everything aligned well he is now coming to inter miami much needed support especially with the Karanza injury yeah um Jay just touched on it right now. Reports out of camp are saying that it's about a three-month injury that's going to sideline him here. That shakes things up. Carranza was one of our first signees back, shoot, about four or five months ago when this whole thing really started kicking off. Well, it started out years ago, but this is kind of where we are here today. And as Jay said, this is a much-needed piece of the puzzle, not only does he bring an exciting element to not just Inter-Miami, but to MLS. This is a big W for MLS here as a league. He also brings a trusted person coming on Inter-Miami that, you know, Mr. Diego Alonso has worked with for prior years in the past. So he has that connection, you know, not just to someone being a stud coming in here from day one, but he also has that kind of mental connection with the individual that can really help us kind of get this engine going. Exactly. I think he's a key piece to this equation, as you said, with Carranza now being out 10 to 12 weeks, coming back probably earliest in April. It'll be interesting because, you know, Juan Agudelo, Jerome Kisavetter, Robbie Robinson will be coming off the bench. Someone's going to really have to step up there. I've got high hopes for Jerome Kisavetter, who we interviewed in our previous episode. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Pellegrini, if they maybe push him a little more up into the attack, keep him in the midfield. Now with Pizarro there, we definitely have a creator, someone who can really set up chances for us, be a big part uh, in building up and providing assists to the players, and obviously ripping a few himself. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's known for, and that's what he's going to be bringing into the team as an offensive force. I think to this date, I mean, you know, with the signing of Will Trapp and having Lee win on this squad, I think those are, you know, obviously different types of players than a Pizarro, but this is someone who is going to be our true playmaker up front. Yeah, you know, it really seems that we're we're acquiring all different types of players. You know, it's not like we just have a cookie cutter mold we're looking for. We have, you know, your attackers, your creators, your defensive midfielders. We have a, an arsenal of a back line, which will be so interesting to see who's actually going to be the starting lineup and who's rotating in. Because now I will go ahead and say with confidence, especially, you know, with the, the recent news of Will Trap. Even Lewis Morgan, our defense has already been there. Our midfield is now there. The only thing left in which we just took a hit on with the Kron's injury is our attack. I think we're going to hold this other DP spot until June, acquire someone the likes of Cavani, 
maybe a Silva, although I, I don't know if I'd want to have two DPs in midfield. I'd really like to have them kind of spread out. I guess we already have two considering Pellegrini is our young designated player, but we really need a big name to, to come on. It's going to be a tough start to the season, already down Carranza and having to last until April, get him back. And then until June to get our last DP spot filled, but it's good news regardless. Yeah, hey, you know, where there's a curse, there's a blessing, right? And, you know, we still have that extra DP spot coming. Um, not sure if this is going to be something that happens before the season, to your point. But even if they do get brought in towards the June type of timeline, that still gives these other players a little bit of time to develop furthermore um, and kind of develop their skills within the team. Because, you know, a game is not just one or I'm sorry, a season is not just one game. There are multiple games that follow each other. So we're definitely building some depth with the Pizarro addition uh, as well. Um, not just someone who's going to be able to start day one with our team here. This is this is some of the most exciting news that's broken for Inter Miami uh, thus far in this uh, whole journey. We've been waiting a long time. We mentioned it in the past. I know some fans won't be too thrilled because they wanted two European names to fill those DP spots. But hey, We've got a quality player, someone Diego Alonso has worked with, someone he believes in, someone who can help this team get to where they need to go, and we can hold on to that last spot. I really am very happy that this is now finalized. We needed this, and holy crap, man. We're getting so close to being filled out. I believe that leaves four more roster spots on this team. And I'll tell you what, at least two, if not three of those, should probably go to the attack. Yeah, I would I would agree. I would agree. I think our back line is pretty stacked as it is. We have some solid veterans such as Ramon Torres, Ben Sweat, who's been in the league for a while. And, you know, obviously on the other side, on the right side, we have uh, Alvis Powell as well as Nilas coming. A little bit of a younger guy out there. I think our back is pretty strong as it is. I think our midfield is is pretty strong as well. And I think that you're absolutely right, Jay. I think that our attack is kind of that area that we have to kind of fill out. The Carranza injury is definitely, uh, you know, br- a little bit brutal to us. But again, it's only 10 to 12 weeks. So it's not like it's a season-ending injury where someone tore their ACL or everyone. It's okay. You know, we're going to go ahead and see him. And, you know, again, you know, where some little bit of downside may turn an opportunity, you know, he's going to have fresh legs when he comes in, you know, a few we- a few months into the season too as well. So could not agree more. Could not agree more. Uh, but since you did mention fresh legs, let's talk about the, the, the fresh legs, the supporters groups, that fresh leg room they're now going to have. Inner Miami has installed the standing-only supporter section. These are basically safety bars that will that will keep the seats in a closed, a.k.a. upright position, so you cannot sit in them. They can remove those bars if they want to have maybe a concert or for when the USL team comes or you know, their soccer teams want to play out of there, then they you can sit in that section. But this is really a, a trend that the MLS is catching on to of these standing-only supporter sections. It's a bit more safe instead of having people, some people sitting down, some people jumping all on down. We know you supporters aren't the, the most calm bunch of, of individuals. You guys like to jump up and down and really get rowdy. Now you have the leg room to do it. Which is what we want. And I think that's why we are one of four MLS stadiums out there today 
that are going to have standing stadium seatings for us. And for you math whizzes out there, that's 34 degrees right there. That is to the absolute maximum ability of MLS that they're permitted to actually have these standing seats, which is pretty exciting. Degrees? What do you mean degrees? Degree incline, sir. Oh, a degree incline. Okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Bring the facts for everybody out there, man. I like that. So exciting news. Stadiums coming together. We saw that they are now adding the actual inter Miami crest onto the suite. Yes, seats, which, which look very nice. Which we will not be in. We will not be in those, but I might buy one just for my living room. Or if someone's listening and has a seat, we would love to join you. We'll swap tickets, man. Yeah, you come down to the sun. You come out there and We're join not in the, the real it's supporters amazing. down there. But like, hey, we'll swap seats for you one game. It's cool. All right. <laughs> Other, I guess, the news we should follow up on since we mentioned it in our last episode. But unfortunately, we recorded that about an hour and a half before they actually did have the kit release. But the kits are now out. We know what we're going to be rocking. We don't know our sponsor, but we know what our kits will look like. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Well, I'd more say most people hate them and some people love them. Well, I'm trying to be all inclusive here. All right. There is a, a black and a white one. Black well, listen, being JJ, away. JJ, JJ, oh, let's, let's, let's start with the positives. Because I hate to go into a conversation negative. What okay. what would you take out of the kits as a positive? I think there's a lot of class with the micro herons that are basically not printed, but almost like stitched through the shirt, almost indented. It uh, is something I think you would see in the uh, Serie A Italian League, the English Premier League. It is definitely a very stylish. They are um, very subtle, though, because... On the home jersey, the white jersey, the herons are white. On the black jersey, the way jersey, they're black. So it's something that you you, you got to be fairly close to see. I don't know exactly how well you know ESPN's cameras will be able to pick it up on the pitch. I like that about it. I really do like that about it. Okay, and you've got the the crest looks beautiful. The the Adidas stripes over the right shoulder with the pink is is, is a nice touch, but. You know, they're classy. They're plain, but they're classy. Listen, black and white is truly classy. And I think I think disappointment is always set with expectation. And I think that everybody out here was looking for that big gasp of, holy shit, this is an amazing kit. Pink, we rock the flare. We see the Miami Vice jerseys, things like that. And people, I'm telling you that it's not the end of the world that our kits are black and white. Um, I do know that it's a little bit disappointing as, you know, I'm sure that you can tell in Jay's and I's voice, but we're staying on the positives here. And like Jay said, you know, the embroider of the heron, you know, on both the black and the white jersey, things like that are really awesome. Um, I don't know if I'm as big of a fan of the stripes as you are, my friend, but I think that it is a good at least touch into the pink world. It's pink. That's why I'm excited. It's pink. And, you know, that being said, um, I think we already know what we're disappointed about. And that's really kind of the color selection. Yeah. I mean, so basically here's the deal, right? Is Adidas has this monopoly-like hold over the MLS. The, every single... MLS teams jerseys Adidas. This is not like the other leagues around the world where, you know, some are Adidas, some are Nike, some are are Umbro. You know, they're all Adidas. 
in in most seasons, I think the club would have a bit more say in how they would like their kit to to work. However, we're coming in the inaugural season, and Adidas has all these 25th anniversary uh, kind of special jerseys that they've made. They all feature, well, not all of them, but the vast majority feature those stripes over the shoulder. So where the fans wanted pink, where everyone wanted a little bit more pink in there, if the Herons were pink, it'd be absolutely beautiful. But Adidas wasn't really feeling that, wasn't really buying into that. So this is what we get. But I'll tell you what, in the following seasons, I'll be damned if they don't have a pink jersey or at least a pink alternate jersey. Yeah, I mean, I think the alternate jerseys, all of what our minds are hoping to go towards. I think that, you know, listen, Adidas pays a shit ton of money out there to get that sponsorship. So they're going to run the program the way that they want to have that run. Now, you know, unfortunately, I think that they really had a missed opportunity with the community out here and kind of just, I think, an obvious choice to that stakes. But you know, it's not the end of the world, people. Like Jay said, you know, there are furthering years. There are alternative jersey choices that we possibly could come out with here in the future. So pink is not lost. Um, well, ESP, Buy yourself the practice jersey. That's pink. Have someone put a name and a number on the back. Rock that if you really only want pink. But the, uh, the jerseys are now available to the public. I believe they're $90. Mm-hmm for kind of the standard and about $130 for the replica, which would be the exact ones the players are wearing. Numbers, names are not available on the jerseys. The team hasn't even released what players going to be wearing, rocking what number. So that will come in the future. But if you do just want to buy a jersey, just plain Jane, nothing on the back, you can do it now. Wear to the scrimmages, wear to the home opener. We're here, baby. We yeah. just need a sponsor, and we're good to go. We're here, and I know that sponsor is a little bit of a touchy subject, too. But, uh, yeah, you know, actually, funny enough, to wrap up this conversation about the kids here, just to give a little bit of uh, facts out there, ESPN actually ranked a stack order of all the kits released about MLS, and Inter-Miami was ranked 20th out of 26, so not that good. In case you were wondering, Kansas City was at the top slot, followed by the Minnesota United and D.C. United as well. And our fellow expansion team, Nashville, was sitting over there at 23. So um, obviously the folks over at ESPN were a little bit underwhelmed, as I'm sure the mass majority of us were. But that being said, it is a step and whether it's the right direction or not, we're still taking a step. That is true. That is true. We'll get there. All in time, baby. Requires a little bit of patience, but we're here for the long game. In other exciting news, well, it depends on how exciting you find a courtroom, but there have been trademark wars going between Inter Milan of Syria and left and right, left and, right. Yeah, and Inter Miami. Looks like in 2014, Inter Milan filed a patent to uh, reference the team as Inter. They filed that in the U.S. in 2014. It looks like Inter-Miami lost their kind of first round of the battle. It doesn't seem, I think everyone was kind of freaking out like, oh man, we're going to have to change our name. I don't believe any of that will ever come to fruition. This is really just around the word Inter. Michelle Kaufman, beat writer for the Miami Herald, does a lot of great reporting on the Inter-Miami uh, club. 
But this is really just on Enter, not Enter Miami. So I'm sure as there's always a, a loophole or some way to wiggle around a court ruling, I believe we'll be able to still operate as Enter Miami CF. Um, we'll probably have to refrain from just calling them Enter in some situations. But, you know, again, the, the fight's not over, but there is a little uh, kind of situation currently going on that we wanted to make everyone aware of if you're not already. Yeah, big point to point out is that how i would say that big point to point out i know what you're saying is that it's not inner miami as a whole phrase or a couple of words it is focused on the inter side of that half so who knows what that'll bring kind of in the future i think that kind of just goes along a little bit more about this season here i mean why not add a little bit extra spice to this meal right right exactly so in other legal battle news awesome there's more there there's more completely unrelated to that last one but (laughs) it looks like the you know soccer teams throughout the u.s we're talking the usl nasl those lower tier teams they have lost their case to force uh promotion relegation system within the mls they were trying to sue as far as like you know revenues potentially lost when you can move up into uh you know the, the the premier division that premier league first league whatever you want to call it so you know it looks like that won't be happening. I know a lot of us would love to see that kind of mimic European soccer, but uh, they just nipped that one in the bud. Looks like that issue is currently been deaded. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if there's any more legal uh, cases we're in right now, Jay. I think that's pretty much basically it. Awesome. So I we mean... might lose our team name. And the good news is we can't finish so poorly we ever get pushed down to... Yeah, D2, D3. That is, that is actually a you good You got to look at the positives. Other kind of positive I just want to throw out there. Uh, Christian McCone, the beast himself, so excited to watch this guy play. But he came out and said that, you know, the players are continuing to connect on and off the field. Uh, they joke in English and Spanish. And he mentioned that specifically our boy, Luis Robles, who we interviewed a couple episodes ago, and defender Roman Torres, uh, have emerged as team leaders. So it looks like we're, we're kind of getting a little bit of, uh, you know, camaraderie from these veterans as we expected being leaders and mentoring, you know, some of these younger players up. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's great, great to hear. I mean, Luis Robles is, you know, the Iron Man out there. He has a record for most consecutive games. He's been around the block. He's uh, he's a fantastic piece to leverage this and lead really this whole team moving forward. And obviously Ramon Torres is, you know, the man himself, the cyborg. He's been in the league forever uh, coming out of a winning environment out of Seattle. So I think that those two kind of are the obvious choices to hopefully take the reins. But, you know, uh, sometimes the obvious choice isn't exactly the one that kind of steps up. So, um, you know, those are a little bit more people on the backside. I think that the Pizarro edition is going to add a little bit more character to the front. Um, obviously, Lee Wynn and, you know, Mr. Trap are two other people that have been around professional soccer for a while now. So, Hopefully those will be some good staples uh, moving forward. But, you know, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, there's still a couple spots to fill and we don't know how it's going to drop. There are. I mean, we knock on wood. We hope that they are going to the attack. Uh, But yeah, you know, I mean, that's basically most of the recent news we were honestly going to roll out with not really any player updates, but, you know, 
recently breaking. It looks like we've acquired Pizarro. If you don't mind, Alex, I do want to put you on the spot real quick because I know we had spoken about it this past week and you went out there and kind of, you know, put together uh, some good information about, you know, the number system in soccer and how it works. And, you know, you, I, I saw what you, you know, put in there. And I think it's very important because, you know, as more and more Americans catch on to soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, this kind of standard number system that's existed in soccer as far as numbers related to a position on the field. And a lot of times that number is reflected on the jersey unless for some instance a player prefers to have typically a number 11 or higher or 12 or higher. But why don't you just kind of give you know, better idea to the listeners, kind of how that number system works and, and how it, you know, really creates a, a full functioning team. Yeah. Again, these are position numbers on the pitch or field as we know them. Again, a little bit more of an educational standpoint. These are not the numbers that they're going to be wearing on the jerseys. These are more or less, if you hear the word, you know, six or the one or the 11 thrown around out on the pitch. These are kind of where they're correlated with. This actually started out as a direct message conversation that we were having on Instagram with actually one of the fans out in Texas. And, you know, I thought that it may be a little bit good to kind of touch on these in case you do hear these terms, you know, kind of thrown around here. And if you're a little bit younger, uh, more to the MLS or soccer world as it is, um, if you do hear one, that means goalkeeper, two, the right fullback, three, left fullback, four, center back five center back or sweeper six is more of your strong holding defensive midfielder um often is the team's best defensive midfielder on the pitch um seven is the right midfielder winger or even potentially even a secondary scorer eight is the central all-purpose midfield not really focus on attack or defense just kind of that swiss army knife out there that's able to help out uh really as needed number nine is a striker more of the central attacker 10 is really your best playmaker on the team he's an attacking midfield of the grand scheme of things and the 11 is the left winger or potentially a midfield again these numbers do kind of rotate as formations change and obviously as the flow of the game is continuing to flow around but just for your reference those are kind of your standard templates when you do hear of these terms tossed around awesome great great breakdown of that you're you're 100 right these are not law by any means it's kind of just a general uh, rule of thumb kind of standardization standard design i don't even want to say it i can't even right now standardization <laughs> there we go yeah of, of the team and how they will operate in their respected uh positions but besides that i mean yeah i mean jay that's all the uh inner miami new updates that was a sweet sweet um kind of reward that we've all been waiting for at the Pizarro edition here. I think that that's going to shake things up in kind of our projections of, you know, what we're expecting to see out on the team, kind of what we're, what we were really, really expecting, you know, a few weeks ago and even a few months ago. So Jay and myself are really stoked to see everybody out there at its first uh, exhibition game here against the Philly Philadelphia union. Again, that is this Saturday here. So really excited to see everybody out there. And without further ado, we would love to introduce the Cooligans. The Cooligans are a national podcast and TV show on Football Sports Network. That's F-U-B-O Sports Network, uh, which is available 24-7 free on 
F-U-B-O, sportsnetwork.com, as well as Zumo, Roku, Samsung TV Plus, and subscriptions on Football TV. Uh, they are a national podcast here, been around since 2015. They're, they're a bunch of jokesters. Uh, they're actually previous comedians who really kind of had the passion for soccer, specifically MLS. And we're really excited to link up with them here and you know have a little bit of fun. So... Without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce the Cooligans. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? We've got the Cooligans on air with us. We've got Alejandro. Uh, we also have Christian, and they run the Cooligans podcast all about soccer. A lot of, uh, you know, American soccer, but I know they do cover, uh, you know, stuff that's going on around the world. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Ah, thanks What's for having up? us. I love that um, Alexis was addressed as Alejandro. Is that the first Did time? Did I say Alejandro? <laughs> we'll, we'll, re, we'll redo this shit if we need to. <laughs> no, no, no. Please keep it. No, that was, that was the name I was supposed to have, but they thought Leonardo is my middle name, and that's like a family thing. And the last name is Guerreros, which is wild long. So somebody said, I don't think he'll be able to spell it. And boy, did they know me. <laughs> oh shit! Man. Well, well, this is a Miami podcast, yeah. right? We thought I'd bring our own flair to it. Yeah. Well, let me well, start by saying, uh, I'm happy you're as laid back as we are. Well, you'll get my name right. It's Alexis. <laughs> God, Christian's back there losing his damn mind, Jay. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Cristiano Polanco laughing? <laughs> oh shit! That's hysterical. Oh, oh, please keep this. Please keep this. We'll just get that that authentico. We um, got the Cooligans <laughs> of the Inter Miami podcast, man. There's no telling what's gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, first off, just give the listeners who uh, who don't know about you guys just a better idea of you know your your, your who you guys are, um, you know how you kind of fell into this podcast world, how you fell in love with soccer. Uh, um, I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, been an Arsenal fan uh, pretty much since I was a kid. Uh, picked that randomly by mistake. Uh, you know, just a bunch of guys that were Manchester United fans were making fun of me one day. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I like the other team. And here I am. Um, and it went well in the beginning. Uh, it's not been as much fun recently. But um, I've just been a fan my whole life and started comedy. And when you do comedy, you want to do something during the day. And I thought like, oh, why don't I start a podcast? I had already had a podcast in sort of Christian. And I was like, why don't, why don't we start doing like soccer podcasts? And we started going to NYCFC games uh, because it was really close and it was easy to get to spots afterwards because um, we both perform nightly in New York. So it's easy to just hop on the floor train and get right down to a show. Um, and we were sort of just joking around. And I said to Christian, like, man, we're making everyone laugh. We should just do this into mics. And that's sort of how Cooligans began. And now you yeah. guys are also comedians, right? Yeah, we're yeah, we've been doing stand up individually. Yeah, we, yeah, we've been both been doing stand up. That's how we met. Uh, but we've been doing stand up a little over ten years. Uh, and then, uh, you know, about five, six years ago, we discovered that we both uh, enjoy soccer. And then, you know, and then, and we're here now. That's basically how it happened. Yes, yeah, so you guys have been. Get, you guys have been together since what? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I think Jay's and I's story is a little bit different. I think uh, most people just got tired of us talking and we uh, actually got separated at work and we said, hey, what the hell is sort of a podcast? So that was kind of our difference. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually a good sign, at least for me. Like, <laughs> the kid, 
all the people that the teacher was like, you're not allowed to sit next to this person. I'd be like, that's going to be my friend. You know? Yeah, that, that was certainly the way it all unfolded. <laughs> but so um, obviously we're stoked down here. Um, Inter-Miami first inaugural season coming up here. Um, the hype is real down here, guys. And I know that if you, you know, you, you uh, specifically, Alexis have, uh, not Alejandro, but who knows, man. But uh, you got some roots down here in the Miami area. So, you know, kind of interested to hear what the national vibe is about the team down here. Well, unfortunately, I don't have any family in Fort Lauderdale. I'm only kidding. Um, everybody relax. Everybody relax. Everybody put your knives down, Miami. Um, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement. I don't know how y'all going to start a season with ten players, uh, but I'm excited to see what y'all do with it. Well, I'm, I'm I'm coming off the bench. Yeah, you didn't hear. Jay's our new signee. Yeah, dude, I might have a shot. Are you kidding me? I'm going to give you about a solid six minutes of running before I collapse. First of all, if you want me to run for six minutes, I, you better you better find a way to get a, like a hoverboard up. up below. Uh, you better put a put a put a cop behind me chasing me. I just I uh, chuck two coladas and I have a heart attack. Uh, uh, so uh, Jay and I are actually pushing for that being our sponsor there. Ca- Cafe, Cafe Modelo. Cafe Bustelo. Bustelo. Modelo. My Bustelo. guy over here. Oh, my bad, guys. Yave. Go, ho- go hood ass and go like yave. It's the right. best coffee in the world, dude. Like, it's mostly tree bark. Um, <laughs> I want everyone I, everyone ripping a shot at Colada after every goal. Dude, let's go. It's going to be super sweaty in the 4 o'clock I'm sun. Super, I'm switch to Miami fan. I think everyone's – I think – I think everyone's like wondering how it's all going to come together. One, you're getting sued by Inter Milan. You know, like you don't have enough players. The stadium is over there, but that's not our stadium. That's just for now. There's a lot going on. But I think like, oddly enough, most expansion teams have like the uh, like people that like, oh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Miami, it's like, the, what could it possibly be? Because Miami is like that. It's the weirdest city in the U.S. Because it, it's like, you know, when you tell someone like, oh, cocaine money built the city, and you're like, oh, OK, now it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's very erratic as a city. So I think like same thing's happening with the club. It's like no one knows what's going to happen. But if anything, no matter if if Ronaldo signs tomorrow, no one would be amazed. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just like any, yeah, anything could happen. And first off, if, if you're not getting sued, are you even doing any big moves? Yeah, yeah I was kind of you know? confused. I was like, I thought we were on the right track there. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Things could be worse. We could be Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, I just Get saw it. today uh, th- there have been a couple players uh, from Monterrey that have been posting that Rodolfo Pizarro is a, a, like, they're, they're basically thanking him and have a good time in Miami, even though there haven't been any uh, public announcement. But it looks like Rodolfo Pizarro is going to be going to Miami. And that's finally, at least, there's that, that one big splash, that one big move. Uh, uh, to, to to garner some some of that national national attention. I mean, I don't know why get a Cuban player in there as opposed to a Mexican player. That would be a bigger move, but uh, it's a start for Miami. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they they've already agreed to all the personal terms. They're just working out the the release clause around Pizarro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, obviously everyone was was really wanted a big big name European. They wanted two of them. But we can't wait till June, so we got to get people that, that that can play now. Then maybe we'll hold on to one DP spot till June. But yeah, we, we definitely uh, that's the the one thing I think probably get the most questions on down here. 
Yeah. And I mean, listen, I mean, you guys are familiar with Miami. All of our obviously all of the listeners here are familiar with Miami. And I think a lot of kind of that expectation set was, you know, kind of setting the bar at that extremely, extremely high level. I mean, Miami is all about that pizzazz, you know, that kind of style, that swags, things like that. And to not have that person, you know, here yet, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to take some time. But I think the pieces that we've kind of constructed around our team right now uh, are kind of just waiting for that big puzzle to put that big piece of the puzzle to kind of drop. So um, I still think we're working on a little bit like that. But like I said, a lot of the expectation and kind of disappointment even to now, I think, is because of just that one big signing. But that being said, that could change at any moment. Yeah, and I think I, and just, it's tough for uh, Miami because, like, Miami's such a showy city. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, janitors rent McLarens on the weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a tough, just a flash it's a tough little city. Song. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough city to flex in because, like, everyone is trying to flex. Everyone on vacation, every New Yorker wearing Tim's on the beach like I yep. used to. Like, everyone is trying to flex. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a tough Same city. Angles. But, like, yeah, we were yeah, all in exactly, Clevelander, man. Forever. We never show our toes, baby. Um, <laughs> but, like, when even when you guys had the Heatles, you know, and you had LeBron and uh, Bosch and Wade, even then they had to put out a thing in the paper to get you guys to get the games on time. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the city Miami is. It's like it's a very ADD. It's on the way to an event. Oh, everyone's on island time, event. man. <laughs> it's yeah. all, you know, it's, no I, one's I super punctual. I used to think CP meant Cuban people time when they said CP time. Turns out it's way worse. Uh, so I <laughs> go, go to Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, I love Miami events. Invitations are suggestions. Like no one, it's it's very LA in that way where if you say to someone, me and you are going to dinner at eight, that means me and you will eventually eat in the next week. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, you don't have to get there at eight. Like, oh, I'll see you in two days. I'm sorry I didn't show up. It's a very odd city that way. So who knows what the hell's going to happen? You have to get big names or else people aren't going to show up. That's how I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, listen, all the respect in the world. I mean, that's probably a little bit more a threat to the team because, you know, you're right. Up until now, you know, the sports teams, you know, haven't had that diehard type of fan base. But on the other side of threat, there's definitely opportunity. Right. And from what we can sense down here, and we've lived here for a very long time. And a lot of our listeners are even from the Miami area is that we're starving for a professional franchise down here. So if we bring that intensity in, you know, obviously we have I have high aspirations. I think it starts with getting in the playoffs this year one and continuing to build off of that. But if we do create that sense of attachment community and winning with the surrounding environments here down in Miami, South Florida area, I think we may have something special. And I'll, I'll add this, I'll, I'll add this real quick. Just that we, uh, we saw that in person when we went to, we were at the, we were hosting the ICC futures in Bradenton, Florida and uh, inter Miami had, uh, had their Academy team. Uh, and y'all had unbelievable support. I mean, those, I mean, they were like, Whatever it was like U fourteen, I, I believe. But the the what, what's the the Inter Miami uh, supporters group called? Was it at the Siege? Uh, there's a few. There's the Siege, a Southern Legion, Vice City. I, I remember that them going uh, out uh, for that game where they were playing yeah, like so, Barcelona's Academy and in, in, in right. Juve's so, Academy. Uh, yeah. Southern Legion, I think that was the one that was there, and they had they, dude. It was it was a youth tournament with smoke bombs and chants, <laughs> and th- these kids felt they felt like professional athletes and they were getting love and, and support and playing against top European talent in that age group. It was incredibly memorable. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, exactly right there. I don't think Miami's, I mean, even as you referred to them as the, the heroes there with Wade Bosch and LeBron, I don't think that 
that had the following as, you know, back in the early 2000s with the University of Miami Hurricanes, back when the Orange Bowl was bumping. I think that this fan base, and I mean myself here, I graduated from University of Miami, been down here for over, gosh, over, over a decade. Irrelevant. And sorry, shout out Canes. <laughs> but um, but I, I feel that the whole sense of the entire area down here is waiting for a team like this. And I think, you know, football in particular is a sport that everyone is united in across the world. And I think this has a huge opportunity down here. I think here's where I'm going to give you guys a little credit, because I said the same thing about Atlanta. Um, Atlanta was a bad sports city from every aspect. They lost teams. They didn't care. They were indifferent to, to when the teams did well. Maybe when the Falcons got to the Super Bowl, there was a little bit of excitement, but that's it. And they're going to put a soccer team there. And I'm like, yo, this is trash. What a dumb idea. It's a stupid city to go to because they don't like sports. They're, they only really care about these other things. Like hip hop is great from there, but don't do soccer. And I was way wrong. And I think what I realized after going down there is that there's so many people that moved to Atlanta from other parts of the country that they brought with them an NFL team. They brought with them a college team. They brought with them a baseball team. But soccer was new. So it was a way to, for people who aren't from born and raised in Atlanta but now consider themselves Atlanta, Atlanta um, AT Elliots. I don't know what you would call yourself. Uh, but people who are now a part of Atlanta, that was a way for them to sort of uh, – solidify themselves as an Atlanta person become one with the city. And I think Miami is going to have that same attraction. You know, I think the idea of like, Oh, get a Cuban player stuff like that. To me, that might be about 15 years too late. I, you know, the city of Miami is now wildly Colombian, wildly Venezuelan, wildly Brazilian. And there's so many other cultures that have been there that don't have something to connect with the way the Cuban culture did back in the day. And I think soccer can be that. Now, 100 percent. Like, but I don't Good think it, it matters about specifically what country in you know South America or Central America that they come from. We have such an influx of individuals who grew up in Latin America, who grew up loving soccer, who grew up loving club teams in whatever city they were, and then you know they come to the states and there's no soccer, right? There's no football. Right. I mean, you have the striker, then you know Miami FC, but there's no like serious caliber quality football team. And so why not have an MLS team here unless it's and we've mentioned, you know, L.A. or some parts of Texas. We have such a, a, a Latin influence, people that love the sport. Why not have it here? Because people are just 100 percent excited and on board and everyone's, you know, putting X's every day on their calendar, just counting down to March 1st to March 14th when our first home game is. So, you know, the hype train is 100 is percent real and we're filling a void that people who have been living here, you know, Six months, six years, 16 years have been missing since they've been, you know, back home in their respective countries. Yeah, for sure. I, and, you know, hopefully that works out because I, my only wish was that they went like full Art Deco, wild pastels with the jersey, just like, you know, gaudy, loud. So did we. So yeah. did we. Hot but, topic. Hot but topic. I, I think because it's a 25 you know, season, 25th season, Adidas just had more control over all of that because you ask anyone down here mm -hmm. in – I'd be hard pressed to find mm -hmm. someone that says we want a black or white jersey. Everyone's mm -hmm. we want pink. Some people we want, you know, that 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 yeah. neon teal, you know. I mean, this is Scarface country, you know. This, I mean, <laughs> yeah. go down to South Beach. It's all about the colors, the the vibrance. Oh, I didn't know we were going to talk about my dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm gonna call it. I think like the to me the Miami Heat is so frustrating with black and red because when they had that that what's that the for the, the city jersey, jersey. Yeah, yeah, vice, yeah, the vice. Yeah. That to me, I'm like, that's Miami. Fire. It's it's garish. It's loud. It's in your face. It, it looks like you know. It looks like you woke up 
in a, in a, in a hotel in a cheesy hotel that you don't know how you got there. You know what I mean? Like that's how it's supposed yeah, to look. Yeah. No, you just look at it and like you just start here Mark Anthony playing. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And to me, it's like, why not? Why not be? You know? And this is my complaint. I've said this on our show. I'll say this forever. MLS. You know, like people in other countries aren't really wearing MLS jerseys like that. But if you're a crazy, if you're doing wild designs, if you're really going for it, it may pop off like the Nigeria kit, and people may wear that. And I think Miami is one of the few cities that everyone in the world knows, like Los Angeles and and, and New York, where and now Atlanta probably because of hip hop. But they'll they'll wear it. People will wear a Miami a Miami kit in London, in in Dubai if it's popping. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, listen, you know, Cincinnati is not going to rock a pink, right? Even if we go big and we come up swinging, you know, missing, I, I think that still that opportunity that I think we all missed here was was a little bit unfortunate with the kids. Yeah, but maybe maybe there's something in the future that that'll change that. Who knows? Twenty six season when, when maybe we have more say, we can get we can get what we need. Yeah, I mean, I do like the I do like the 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 little micro herons that are printed over over the shirt. That's pretty class, but. You know, yeah, we, we wanted something, you know, bam, bam in your face. You know, we're here. Sure. Welcome us. Uh, but, you know, I guess what were your guys' initial thoughts of hearing, you know, someone of, of like the, the name of David Beckham, that caliber of name, you know, opting in on his claws and bringing an MLS team to to Miami specifically? I mean, were you guys, you know, hyped about that? Were you thrown off that he was choosing to go to the MLS and maybe not try and create something or take over buy some team maybe in, in England or elsewhere? Well, he. I mean, uh, he had the deal well, in his he, contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had the deal on it. It was expiring, right? It was like he had, I think, maybe a year or two left before he he uh, he triggered the the, the clause to, to start a team, and he was he was clearly trying for for years. Um, David Beckham is responsible for uh, responsible and a huge reason why MLS is. Where it is today, it's why MLS has been able to reach the 25th season. Uh, he completely revitalized uh, and re-energized uh, the league. So he, the man is basically a, a god um, to, to fans of MLS to some degree. I mean, they, they, there should be some kind of gratitude uh, placed on him. And all I'm hoping for is, is that this Miami team is successful. You know, soccer has failed in Miami in the past, and 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 it's always this like uh, it'll be this sort of stain in the legacy of of, of MLS. But that 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 stain could be removed with a, a, a successful Inter Miami franchise. Yeah, I mean they they literally you know it's called the Beckham Rule now. You know, to 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 the masses as far as you know the DPS go and stuff. And you know, outside of just the MLS, I mean, you I would credit David Beckham to to helping you know make that push to make you know, football popular in America, because, you know, these, when you, when you're a soccer star, you know, it's not just like being Tom Brady where you're a celebrity all throughout America. If you're at, you know, the Beckham level, the, you know, Messi or Ronaldo level, you're not just a celebrity. You are a God walking a planet full of mortals. You know, you're the biggest deal. And it's these big names that we need for, you know, Americans to start watching and following and getting excited about the sport, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, I, my wife. I think my uh, wife Ronaldo. Knows. Ronaldo is insulted that you compared him to other gods. Yeah, he's that has his ego. <laughs> yeah, <up>. right. <laughs> well, he's like, I know. need to do more ab crunches. Uh, <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. No, I think yeah, I he, he was a god. He um, might be a demigod with that little man bun now, but you know, he's still up there. 
I think uh, my wife knew who David Beckham was before she knew he was a soccer player, you know? Um, and I think that that just goes to show that the, the guy has a draw and a magnitude around him. He just pulls in so much. Um, I am still kind of wondering how really involved he's going to be. You know, uh, there are some rumors that he hasn't really been involved uh, with the club. He's only been really involved in sort of trying to be like, uh, you know, getting in some big name players. But that's really it. I'm hoping that he is there, that he can inspire some of the young players and he can sort of be a part of all that. But, you know, it's one of those things where we'll see. But I think he does. He he's His orbit is very large and draws in a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I and I mean, to that point right there, I think a little little bit more about the inside chatter is that he's been so damn busy trying to recruit these players to come down here to inner Miami that he just simply hasn't been around to kind of connect as much as he'd, he'd probably even like with the team. But, at, you know, to your point, you know, if you put a world-class individual and, you know, player that the entire world knows and you put him in front of a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old and things like that, that's going to that's gonna motivate you all in its own. Yeah, I mean, look at you know, how people Players like Pizarro, they might not be coming at the age that they are, at the peak of where they are, if it wasn't for someone like Beckham. I don't, I don't know that that happens. I don't think Pizarro gets on um, Columbus Crew. I don't think he goes to, you know, uh, Sporting Kansas City. I think it's, you know, playing for someone like Beckham. I think is is meaningful for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, also, I, I, I mean, the the the, the city, because I mean, how many people really want to move to Columbus? <laughs> You know, or, or or like Minnesota. Like, why would you want to move to Minnesota? Do do they do they even have thong bikinis? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. under their winter clothes. Um, their families. Uh, that would be a great right? slogan for Miami to, to <laughs> compare themselves to other cities. But I I was gonna say that the the one cool uh, thing you know as far as David Beckham trying to recruit players uh, and interacting with uh, you know other you know other players. Uh, that that video that he did with Robbie Robinson after the, the first pick in MLS Super Draft was one of the strangest and most amazing things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was <laughs> well, a little confusing, know, did, right? Did you see what yeah. Nashville did where they just rolled up to the dude's house? <laughs> well, I think he was talking about the reaction to what it was during that. Yeah. That was very confusing. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, so, so you know, being an NYFC fan, you, you've, been, you've been through the expansion. What are the biggest... I guess struggles that that you see, or you know, what's the best way to, to to see success in the MLS as an expansion team in your inaugural season? I think one of the mistakes that N, uh, MLS did was they didn't get enough. I'm sorry that uh, NYCFC did is they didn't get enough MLS veterans. And I think you need people that understand the league that have traveled those far distances and understand that recovery process and uh, get some of those veteran pieces in there to sort of help. Uh, you know, guide some of the younger players that are coming in, some of the European players that are coming in, because not many leagues have the the travel uh, that we have, and that wears on your body, and that changes how you play each game. So I think that's something really important that I would love to see. Uh, once uh, my uh, Inter Miami get more than four players, I think they'll start to you know maybe get some people in there. That <laughs> I, well, that. you know, for I, the record, I, we we have about four <laughs> slots left if we get Pizarro. I think this is yeah, goes the, the theme. We have sponsors out. We have DPs out. You know, we had a yeah, just oh, yeah, guys. I, I, look, I, I, I am me time. I mean, we can make a bunch of jokes about it, but I, to, as far as MLS uh, veteranship, I mean, I think Miami has a pretty solid foundation. Uh, with obviously getting Will Trap, getting. Uh, Lee Wynn, getting um, uh, uh, Luis Robles. Uh, as far as veteranship, I think they'll be fine. I, and uh, with, the, with the level of 
coaching uh, uh, with Diego Alonso there. I, I think I think Inter Miami will be fine. I, it's like I, it's one of these things where when you look at the players that they currently do have, you don't know what the their, the identity is going to be. We haven't really seen them uh, uh, play much. Um, so we don't know what, what it's, it's like, what is the identity going to be? Because when you look at the, 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 the names on paper, there's like, you know, you know, so we can talk especially specifically about Ben Sweat. If you have any Ben Sweat questions, he's done our show. Uh, we watch him week in and week out. Uh, he was the one player, at least for me, that I was like, when, when I saw that he was left unprotected, I'm like, bro, Miami's going to take him. I just see he's from Florida. I'm like, I have a strong feeling. And I was kind of devastated that he left because I think he, he has a lot uh, to offer. The dude was, was a guy that was always looked over. Uh, he didn't, it didn't really work out with him in Columbus, but the guy can ball. He's just a, a, a smart player. doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He, he's not the fastest guy, not the best defender in the world, but as far as uh, someone that can, especially play in, within a system that NYCFC has, to have an American player uh, uh, play that well, it was, I think, a, a little bit rare. So, uh, so that's that's my main focus for. No, for, th- that's interesting because we were literally just discussing Ben Sweat earlier. Yeah, we, like, we not, not long ago. literally a few hours ago we were just talking about Ben Sweat, how thrilled we were to have him on the team. I mean, I I think from our side of this whole thing, I mean, obviously we got to start playing games here and work out and see how the team synchronizes. But I think our back line is fantastic the way that it's just kind of fit all the puzzles together and you know. To your point, Ben Sweat is a big piece of the puzzle, and obviously he was our first selection in the expansion draft over there. So everything kind of went accordingly to plan. And you know, to even kind of talk a little bit about you know one of your previous points, the uh, one of kind of the biggest concerns we've been doing this podcast for about five months or so now is we've kind of you know continued to grow with the community here of Inner Miami, but. A big fear that we had kind of early in this process was a lot of kind of that immaturity. We didn't have the older players on the team, and we were a little bit nervous about that kind of coming back to bite us in the ass. But I think as this team has kind of put together the pieces as, you know, Lee wins come to this squad, you know, Roman Torres, Luis Robles, things like that, where the pieces have kind of came together, um, we're not just bringing in really solid players. We're bringing in role models and people have been in the league for a while. Especially Louis Robles. That's a captain. You got a he's captain. He's Iron Man. Of, yeah, but he's – I mean, to, to get a captain from a playoff a – a, like a, a perennial playoff team is a huge deal because that guy knows what it takes to, to succeed in the league. And and he's the, he was the captain. You know how hard it is for, for goalkeepers to become captains? And he was that. So I'm, that's a really big move. Yeah, yeah no, the, the other – He's a wall. Yeah, the other ones I would add, I mean, like, the, so these are my main concerns for Miami. Uh, the, the bringing in the, the the veteranship is great, but then it's like some of these dudes are old, right? AJ De La Garza is thirty two. Uh, uh, the couple of these guys are just in in their early thirties. Defending is going to be my main con- concern for you guys, but my, definitely Roman Torres. This is going to be his make or break year. His his last couple, you know, he's coming off of the the, the steroid uh, suspension. Um, he, he was looking pretty slow uh, in the, the last, like, two seasons in Seattle. And, and he's also um, still the heaviest center back in Major League Soccer. He so is a monster. I don't see any negatives there. I don't see any negatives. We're both very confident between, between Roland Torres, uh, Christian McCone, uh, I mean, you know, Nico Fagal. Yeah. Like, we, we yeah. think that we have enough veterans 
And, and again, our, our initial concerns are that we all only have young players. So there's got to be some mentorship happening to really bring these younger players yeah. up into the MLS. Yeah, I think even adding Nealis along the process of the Super Draft was fantastic because he may start, he may even come <laughs> back and start day one. We don't know. Or someone like <laughs> Aldous Powell or someone will, you know, obviously mentor him into the place. But that's still someone that is going to kind of take the reins from someone eventually down the line, whether that's one or two or three years. Definitely. So what do you guys think it's going to take for an MLS team to win a CONCACAF Champions League title? Um, I mean, it's so much, but I, I think the increasing of the budget's only going to help. I mean, everybody wants like big, big names and big, big names. And maybe if that happens, some of the players that are considered top level MLS players start to slide down that, uh, that bench a little bit, but that's only going to help because depth, you know, depth is something that we severely lack and you see it all the time besides maybe switching the calendar so that we're, you know, preseason matches aren't competitive, you know, bracket matches like we're, we're sort of suffering now, but once there's more depth in the in the clubs, you'll see teams like what Toronto did. I think that'll happen a little bit more regularly, just because there's there's no way that the same, you know, 15 most active players can do all of this. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, I, we got to get rid of the salary cap. Like, you know, that's something that that needs to be serious. I know it was you know expanded a bit with the new CBA, which we can you know get into in a bit. But just to be able to compete with the other leagues in in you know Central America. It's tough to do with a salary cap when most of our players, you know, are making, you know, what, less than a million a year, if that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, and I'll give credit to MLS in, in the last at least the last couple of years. I mean, seeing Toronto get to the final and get so close uh, to, to, to winning it. Um, at the very least, Liga MX is an MLS like Liga MX has like probably six or seven teams that would have, you know, could probably dominate MLS pretty easily, uh, most of the clubs. But at least we have, the I think, Atlanta United, uh, um, I think LAFC as well. I think these two clubs can realistically uh, give, and they have, you know, they can give these top Liga MX teams some, some real trouble. Uh, and we saw Atlanta United uh, play very well against Monterrey. Um, so it, it, the gap is, is closing, and, and you, you see it. The fact that Rodolfo Pizarro is even coming to, to, to Miami, coming to MLS, when he, he was reported being like, I will, I will never go to MLS. I'm going straight to Europe. And all of a sudden, it, it, it seems a little bit more intriguing because the phone, the phone is not ringing off the hook for, for European opportunities. So uh, it, it's, we're closer than we ever were, and I think uh, – and, and you see it, as, as, especially with the, the the League's Cup and all these, you know, big more competitions between the two leagues and players going back and forth. So it, it's over time where I think we're I think MLS is going to get um, a real, real sh- a shot, at, at, you know, actually winning it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's strange because you didn't mention Inter Miami with those teams. Unless it's just been a brain lapse. <laughs> you know, I, was, uh, yeah. I, I but, suffered uh, a traumatic know, brain injury uh, during this podcast. <laughs> My bad. Right. Um, so, you know, obviously we we we've got to get these two DP spots. So we 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 really do hope, uh, you know, Pizarro comes over. But uh, there's been so many player rumors, so many names linked to David Beckham. Of the you know those names that have been mentioned. What do you guys think would be the most likely that, that Inter-Miami could secure, f- primarily from Europe? Because that's what everyone's really looking for. 
Well, apparently Neymar's agreed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah in, in a few years. In, but, uh... in, in, in 12 years. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'll say it. So, I mean, I think if the, 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 you know, Miami Freedom Park and the whole thing happens, I mean, uh, something huge like that happening, I think the, the, it, it'll be a lot easier to, to, to bring in a big player. So, I mean, I, I heard the first, one of the first I heard was, um, was Cavani. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that'd be, that'd be just an exciting move. It would be awesome to see him uh, playing in MLS. But, I mean, I, look, realistically, I, I think as far as, what, as far as business sense, I think because, um, because uh, you know, Beckham and, and, the, and the, the Moss brothers were dealing with all the stadium stuff, I, and they didn't have a coach till like four weeks ago or whatever. Um, I, I think a lot of that, um, I think put a lot of the roster, like that wasn't the priority, right? And, and the, the time that they could have spent um, uh, uh, getting players was spent finding where they were going to play temporarily and sorting out the Fort Lauderdale stuff and all the politics and all that stuff. So I think next year we'll, uh, maybe in the summer and, and, and next season, the beginning of next season will, is when they'll have their feet under them and bring in absolute, like just, they're going to go nuts with, with some of the players that are coming. I, I, I'm confident of that. I think David, I think David uh, Silva has a, has a good chance. I think it's was just one of those names that's constantly been sort of talked about for MLS. I think he's the perfect player for MLS, similar to Maxi Morales, which is, you know, wildly creative, plays in the middle of the field or in the middle of the park, you know, doesn't have to do the box-to-box running anymore, but, you know, can sort of ping balls to much more active players. And I think something like that, you know, in MLS, if you, I, I always think it's best to use your DPs or your high marquee names in the spine so that you can sort of, surround them with uh, players that will play better and will get better because they're there. So striker, creative midfielder, maybe defensive midfielder, um, you know, maybe a, uh, a, maybe not a center back, but along those lines. Um, Build around around those players. So I think so is is definitely a high probability, but again, you know, won't won't come till June. If then I don't think we're going to hold on to both of them until June. I think we're going to, you know, have to either get one on Pizarro unless something crazy happens and it falls through all signs are pointing to, to well, that happening. Well, Silva's definitely been a day one type of guy that we've always discussed on the pod as someone who would be a fantastic fit, but also an awesome addition to the MLS here. And, I mean, I know we kind of danced around this question, guys, but, I mean, besides going 34-0, which is what we all think, you know, what? how do you think Miami's international season's going to be here this first year? <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, look, I, I'll say... I, I think, at the very least, I think Inter Miami will do better than Nashville, um, but I don't see them. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're not going to make a playoff spot. I think they'll. I think they could uh, probably make sixth or seventh. Uh, at least, just simply looking at the roster, I'm like they could. They could be better than the New England Revolution, right? I I, I feel like that's a possibility, even though. Uh, Bruce Arena really did uh, change the team, but the, the, that six, seven spot are, are they're all pretty close in in, in point totals. So, uh, you know, could could they be as good as the Columbus Crew? Could they be as good as the Revolution? Like they'll they'll be in that area. I I, I think they can do that. No, no. I mean, I, we we have higher expectations, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, of course. I look. I don't think MLS Cup or Supporter Shield 
there's just too much. There's there's too many teams that are more uh, prepared and, and have sort of you know uh, up their um, their arsenal, so to speak, for for a run at that. Um, and and LAFC doesn't look like they've gotten much weaker. Although the Zimmerman move is shocking, but um, I think if you guys play well, like I said, I don't think you're gonna. I think you can make the playoffs for sure. I don't think that that's out of the question. I um, but you know, I'm excited to see what you guys do. But there's such a learning curve to this league that I think hopefully you guys make the playoffs and and you know I'm I'm more interested in to see are the fans going to show up. Yeah, and I mean I think the fans are going to show up in waves. I mean obviously you guys talked about the supporters groups earlier. You know, shout out by city, uh, the siege, um, northern the northern pack, and we 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 just all take care of this. So I mean the fans are going to shout the fans are going to show up, but I think it's all going to come down to the winning. So um, that's really what it's about. Dope. So let's, uh, you know, I think, I think we've, we've gone over this quite a bit. Let's have, let's have a little bit of fun now. Let's get into some uh, more controversial topics. Uh, who, let's go ahead and who's got the worst kit in the MLS, in your guys' opinion? New, of the new 25th anniversary season. Oh, boy. I mean, is it anybody besides the Chicago Fire? I mean, it can't be. No, no, no not, not just Crest, but total. Oh, kit. okay. Kit? I mean, it's worst kit. Crest hands I mean, down. Yeah, I mean, that's a – it's also – a bad kit right because they they don't even have the it's not even like officially a 425 you know 25th anniversary kit it doesn't have the three stripes on the uh, the top apparently there was some issue with um like them changing the crest and getting the design in time or some something along those lines so the the kit doesn't even match the rest of uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the other clubs um that one definitely is the first one that comes to mind I mean, so wait, wait, so 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 that, you're telling me that, that you're you're kind of feeling that FC Cincinnati kit? I'm I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm feeling it. Look, I think a lot of these. Uh, the, my issue with the template of like having the the shoulders sort of separate from the rest of the shirt, the stitching, it makes it like they they they, they smash two two different shirts that don't belong together together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, so most of them look bad. I, I'm not gonna you know. Uh, a skirt around that they all look weird um the, the 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 i think the teams that handled it the best given this this like this design constraint is probably to me the portland timbers and i'm i'm one of the few that has this opinion but the san jose earthquakes one i kind of like it it's just like a little funky and and a little different um so i'm i'm fine with it but for the for the most part I, i'm gonna probably say the fire one is, is the worst one in, in my opinion for you know but again we, a lot of them I are think bad we've just collectively gotta just gotta let this adidas deal expire then give give the teams the the uh, autonomy to create their yeah. own kits because I, you know i don't like this kind of oversight they have and 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 not being able to really give everybody you know what they would like to see because again we all want pink and here we are with just black and white yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think Adidas is getting even more entrenched because the league is only becoming more popular. They may get competition from other manufacturers, but I don't think it's going to become that autonomous thing, although it would be great to see that. I think, I, I don't know why he likes it, the San Jose kit. It looks like the polo that, you know, like a guy who is older and only plays, is only like really allowed to play golf. When, you know, his wife doesn't let him do anything else. And like he finally gets a night out and realizes he doesn't have anything to wear that's the polo he wears out to the club. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's ugly. <laughs> the San Jose kit, 
I don't like it. It's odd. And, and to me, it, at least it's 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 different and I like different. But ugh. yeah, I mean, all this kid talk started to make me a little bit anxious here, man. So <laughs> let's move on here. I mean, you guys have been involved in the soccer world for a while now. I mean, had a national podcast for about five years. What's been your favorite supporters group on which MLS team to kind of talk to us about that? Oh, boy. I think um, we, I mean, I I like, we might have different answers for this, but you want to go first? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I have a favorite supporters group. I think every supporters group, um, even like ones that are small and, and uh, you know, would be considered struggling on a national scale. The people you meet are so passionate about the sport. And, and it's always intriguing to me. Like Christian and I are not soccer players. We don't have any other way of helping grow the sport besides using the one gift we have, which is comedy. Um, and we're trying to do that. And I think everyone, when you meet supporters groups, you tend to see that for the most part, people are using whatever it is that they can, free time, extra money, expendable income, all of it to help build the sport and to show passion and love for the sport. So that I appreciate. The best time I think I've ever had uh, with a supporters group would have to be, and uh, maybe not one supporters group, but the, the MLS Cup at uh, in Atlanta. It was raining. It was like seven wedding tents. There was food. It was like a it was like a festival that, oh, yeah, and we're going to play soccer on top of that. That moment sticks out to me the most of anything I've seen. Yeah. And for me, um, I, I, I can echo what Alexa said. It's just like you, you see the dedication from a lot of people. Like I, I respect the OGs, right, because we like we hung out with the, the Midnight Marauders, which are the New England Revolution. Uh, uh, supporters group and you talk to those people and it's like talking to Vietnam vets that just got back right like they have been through it all they've been through terrible seasons been supporting the team since 1996 so you you hear that stuff and you can't you, you have to be like yo thank you for uh trying to make soccer uh more important in your in your community um so you 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 would you know you just want success for for some of these supporters groups i mean as far as the, the one of the supporters groups that I've been absolutely just so, so impressed by um, when it comes to organization and history and real care about their club is it has to be Timbers Army. Timbers Army, uh, they've been around a long time. And we, we went to um, uh, a game to, uh, about two years ago. And uh, we they, they have a they have a, a clubhouse that's run by by the supporters it has nothing to do with the team itself. Uh, so stuff like that, uh, you know, the the the, the chance they have the, they have a unique soccer identity that is is not European. It is it's it's like weirdly like American punk rock and um, the, so those kinds of things. It it, uh, um, it it makes me appreciate like the things that they that they focus on and and they and they talk about like giving back to the community and they and they focus they give scholarships to, to young inner city kids and. Uh, so things like that, I'm like, man, your know, soccer can be so much more than just the 90 minutes on the pitch, man. They, you can really change the way a community interacts and, and, and the things that they prioritize. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, special. they have, you know, like an awesome goal celebration as well. I mean, there I say probably the only time that you should have a chainsaw in a, in a you know, soccer stadium. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't say that to the South American fans. Yeah, that, so so the, I did see a story in, in in Brazil probably four years ago, which had a similar kind of uh, ending. We won't get into that, uh, you know, for the yeah. uh, for the sake of not being too morbid. Um, yeah. So I mean, but you guys have been have been doing this for a while. I guess out of your you know years of, of following 
the MLS, or it doesn't have to be the MLS. You know, it could be USL or NSL. Just anything. What's the most exciting thing you guys have witnessed in regards to you know football in America? That's that's awesome. Uh, it's a great question. I don't know that there's been any one single moment. Um, there's been so many throughout the podcast, and I think it's like you know going to Toronto, and it's you know it's like it feels like it's like ten below zero, and and there's people jammed everywhere in the streets and going to toronto when when they uh won and sort of walking around and every bar seemed like it was celebrating this win it seemed like the city cared more than anything and seeing the the parade that was that was sort of eye-opening and enlightening um but if anything in soccer anything at all is sort of being able to be a part of the reaction to the women winning this world cup and having interviewed ali krieger beforehand and her saying she wasn't sure she was going to get on the team and us, you know, her later saying that, like, we helped inspire, not inspire, that's probably a bad way, but, like, we were helping, like, you know, sort of root, root for her and egg her on. Encourage, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, encourage is probably a great word for it. Um, and to see that and then to see her play in the final and to be a part of it. And Christian, when, you know, Rose Lavelle, who was on our show, when she scored, Christian and I looked at each other instinctually as if she was our daughter and we had something to do with it. But mm. it was like, we didn't have to say it. We both had that look in our eyes of like, oh, my God, someone we know just scored in the World Cup final. <laughs> that that whole arc to me means more to me than anything else. It's like we spoke to these people before they went out there and played their asses off in a, in a title that no one said was secured. And people said they France was going to win and bust it wide open. It was just great. Yeah. the, the I mean, it's. It, it's a big question because, you know, I think initially, I think sometimes, you know, with that question, uh, I think a lot of people will think of like, oh, what game or like a, a, a big goal and things like that. But because we're we're stand up comedians that are in this soccer world. And I think what, what we're going through is probably pretty unique. You know, I mean, MLS is 25 years old. They, I, I don't know of any other comedians that were like actively covering the league like like we were. So a lot of the stuff we're experiencing is like incredibly just rare and unique for us. Like, honestly, one of the weirdest things was in 2016 when Seattle Founders won MLS Cup and I'm taking a photo of Alexis uh, with Ozzy Alonzo and Alexis yells, uh, you know, he's congratulating him and he goes, I said, Murió Fidel. He's like, you know, Fidel died and he's celebrating while Ozzy Alonzo just won an MLS Cup and now some dude is is cheering him on by saying Fidel Castro's dead. That was that was just insane. That was one of the funniest things and weirdest moments I will ever experience. And that's an American soccer moment that happened in Canada. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. it was trippy. <laughs> so so things like that. We have all these like uh, uh, milestones on our show that are just like so uh, you know just funny and weird stories. And it, it, I think it. My hope is that you know. As, as our podcast, you know, maybe it becomes more popular in the future and our show becomes more popular in the future, but people can always go back and hear these just like amazing stories. It's just like fun American soccer stories that, that I think will, will, will be hopefully like will live in, in, in some sort of some historian or write a book about a weird moment like that with Ozzy Alonso or something like that. So that, so moments like that are, are what I, I kind of, I, I treasure more than, even the game to some degree. Yeah, yeah, no, that, I mean that, that's awesome, man. and 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 thanks for you know really sharing all that. Uh, I, mean, I mean that's pretty much you know what we have. We, we really appreciate you guys you know making the time to to buy. 
you know, Christian and Alejandro. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crushing it. Christian and Alexis, just man, from the Cooligans. <laughs> Guys, check them out. Uh, the Cooligans on FuboSportsNetwork.com. Follow them at FuboSports. That's F-U-B-O SportsNetwork.com. Do you guys want to go ahead and, and, and drop any of your uh, social media handles or how people can get in touch with you? It's at Soccer Cooligans on everything. Um, you know, feel free to shoot us an email, send us a message. Uh, we, we were very open to talking to our fans. Um, even if you hate us, let us know, uh, you know, that only means we pop and, um, and I'm at not Alexis on, uh, Instagram and on, uh, Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, I'm at Chris Polanco on Twitter at Christian underscore Polanco on Instagram. And yeah, but if, uh, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, uh and, 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 uh, Instagram, we're always posting a bunch of fun stuff we we make a lot of jokes especially on twitter so that's where we 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 talk to a lot of people and joke around so if you if you're a fan of comedy and soccer i mean there's no other place to go awesome awesome well alexis christian thank you again for stopping by vamos miami and we'll see you out there <laughs> all right thank you guys thank talk you guys. Well, that was uh, some some good old fashioned fun right there. Good, some nice laughs shared there. They're a pretty witty, funny bunch, man. That was that was fun. Yeah, those dudes are great. Uh, you know, like we were talking about, go ahead and subscribe to their podcast as well. They drop some awesome content, and obviously, like you could tell in that interview there, or link up a bunch of cool guys. Um, definitely have a little bit of fun with it, which is something that Jay and I always like to bring it to you on a weekly basis. So. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll be hearing more of them. They did tell us off mic that they would be coming down for at least one of the games. So uh, when that does happen, I'm sure that we're going to link up. Yeah, 100%. We are here and we are more than welcome to have you guys over any game you guys want to come down. Yes. And this kind of brings us to the end of the podcast here this week. This was, I think, the hottest pod yet, but there is one piece that we need to get to. And that is our listener question from Chio from Mexico. And he says, Hey guys, do we win the scrimmage against Charleston? So there was no Chio, sorry, but there was no score kept in the scrimmage against Charleston battery. I believe that was more of a practice kind of thing. I don't think either team was looking to publish the results. Uh, I think it was more about learning you know, kind of where they still need to improve. Obviously, that's going to continue. We will be able to provide an update from the open Philly Union scrimmage game that we're going to be out. They are having a closed scrimmage against Philly Union on Friday, but we will be there at the game Saturday, and we are not going to hide that score from you. So stay tuned. Check out the next episode. We will update you on the score of the Philly Union Inter Miami scrimmage. But unfortunately, no one knows if they won or lost. Yeah. Scrimmage or Charleston. So let's just assume they won. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's no possible way to know the answer of that. Nobody's keeping score there. People literally walk on the field and stop the game at every given, any given time. So it's an impossible question, but Chio, I respect that. And I, and honestly, a lot of the social media was asking the same question and we got a few other uh, direct messages uh, asking the same question. Hey guys, did you guys hear anything about the official score? Um, there's actually no official score. So, but you know what? As long as you had fun and enjoyed yourself, well, that's a win in my book. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Well, 
Um, obviously that takes us to the end of the podcast. You know, the next time we'll be syncing with everybody out there is going to be this Saturday when we go out there and see our squad out on the pitch. Again, that is at Owl Lang Stadium in St. Petersburg, Florida. That is just south of Tampa. For all my people in Hialeah, they don't know the breakdown of Florida yet. It's okay. That's at 4 p.m. It is open. It is free. Come out. Get rowdy. I know a ton of the supporters groups are going out to the following weekend against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. We are just so impatient, have issues waiting, and so we're going to the first open one we can get to. But we will be there. We will tell you how it went down, how it unfolded. Might get some video. Might take a recording in the stadium. We will see. Again, you know, if you're going to meet up with us, just make sure that you, you know, DM us on Instagram and Facebook at Intermind Me Podcast. Shoot us an email, Jay and Alex at IntermindMePodcast.com. Check out the website. You can email us through there. If you do try and run up on us without asking us first, well, there's going to be a little tiny security <laughs> guard that's going to, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to think about what's going to happen. Just get the clearance first and then it's all love. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we sent out a poll on Instagram earlier this week and. There's a lot of yeses coming and, you know, there may be even a little bit more that decided not to respond. It's a yes or no question, people. All you got to do is push yes or no so we know that you're going or not. Yeah, but yeah. as Jay said, go ahead and well, subscribe. A lot, of, a lot of people I think are waiting, but I, I will give give a, a shout out to anybody out there with uh, with the little ones, the children, the mijos, yeah. the niños, the ninas. Um Check out Target. We got a three pack of Inner Miami shirts, different colors. Uh, for like 22 bucks. If you have a little one, you want them decked down in Miami gear, check out target.com or go to the target store. Kids clothes are so cheap. I wish I could fit a, a child's size. Cause having to pay full price for shirts sucks now. Well, I don't know. There's much to do too much about that, Jay, but um, well, that's a hot tip for anyone trying to deck out the little ones. <laughs> yes. And we will have inner Miami podcast stickers out there for everyone listening. I know those have been a big hit for the people that we have passed them around to already. So we know we've gotten a few requests, but it's time to get it on. Can't wait to see everybody out there on Saturday. Indeed. So without further ado, thank you guys, everyone for listening. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.